Welcome to this month's edition of Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is a once-a-month show with Father Paul Rutten, pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutten, pastor of the Harrisburg Catholic Community, and Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice. Rutten Radio can also be watched by going to lambradio.com. Join us now for a little faith, family, and frivolity as we go live to the studios with Rutten Radio. Good morning, Diocese of Sioux Falls. How are we doing, brothers? I'm doing great. Great. Welcome, everybody, from coast to coast uh, to the brothers that you love the most. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> uh, well, here we are uh, at Rutten Radio again, the first Wednesday of the month, uh, to join us for a show. Kind of, you know, we'll have a good lineup uh, this morning. I think we got some great topics of conversation, and we got to catch up on where everybody is. The summer's almost over, fellas. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Uh, We're in say, August. August. Terrible. So, Terrible. Yeah, so we'll get to a lot of that, and obviously uh, some new things. What's, what's planned for the... Well, you know, I kind of sneak in a vacation sometimes. Families do. I don't yep. know if priests are a part of that process. But. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. So what do we got going on? I found a place to live. Oh, you were homeless for a little while. Yeah, yeah a homeless. month ago, that's right. Mm-hmm. You were without a home. Mm-hmm. There are some secret backdoor conversations going on about maybe you living with me. And then, yeah. uh, you know, the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, I don't know if this is really a great idea. So that's one of those, sounds great uh, on paper, but, yeah. so anyway, no uh, but yeah, because you're, you don't have a church, obviously, mm-hmm. you don't have a rectory, and, it, and I suppose it's kind of like a, the old farmsteads, right? You, you built your uh, barn to how, you know, warehouse the hay before you worried about the hovel that you were sleeping in. Um, you know, you got to protect the future, and you got to feed your family. And that got to got to got to have a roof over your head too, though, don't you, Father John? Or you can mooch off the pastor that's next door to you. Oh, that's nice. more like what. So you can rest your head over uh, with who? Well, I'm at Holy Spirit, Father Simple, and Father Tyler Matson. So I've been staying over there. But yesterday I woke up and thought, I mean, I'm not that far from where I got to go to the office, and I, you know, there's so many things going on, and I'm like. Ah, kill me. Uh, and so I'm like, I don't need to worry about um, a place. It's just not working. And then all of a sudden, I yesterday, long story short, yesterday morning I woke up, I went to this appointment for a place, and um, uh, the guy said about a three-person, and uh, I need, I want, I need, I need a. a Three person, three bedroom, two bath, so that I can have a private bath. There's a public bath. Da 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 da. Uh, and he and I, he said two or three, and I said, well, the three isn't available. I already called a month ago, and uh, they and they filled up. And he said, no, someone this weekend decided they found their dream home and they gave up their deposit. Um, there's a three bedroom. <laughs> like, a home? No, no, no. It's like a townhome kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah, to it. rent. And so I, and so, so I'm like. I can go, I can go. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, just like that. So, so within a matter of hours. Father, you're not going to live with Father for no, the next No, just year? like that. Yeah, yesterday morning I woke up and I was going to stay in Father Simple's place for wow. the next year. And Sweet. Dude, isn't God good? That like, is I mean, totally him. Yes, and the beautiful part of it was it was so easy when God. it happened. So, all of that time before, if I would have, like, tried to push it, it would have all been fruitless. But instead, it just, like, 
came about. And even the payment and the, I mean, it was like. You know, I just had a great idea for a shirt. Speaking of shirts, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. We got to figure out our shirt. But uh, God, the ultimate rock star. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 and you could. (laughs) What is she? Why won't my wife support it? No, I did. Okay, then. When and you could have a little. Like, s- <laughs> <let us know. laughs> I have to run the script by Laura. Before. And when you put uh, <laughs> yeah. when you put when you put it on there, you could put uh, Calvary, and then you could put Peter, and then you could put the Star Bethlehem. <laughs> Dude. Uh, hey, hey, the, the ultimate rock star. Copyright that. Copyright that. I basically saw Joe jump off a cliff and figured I'd go with. All right, Father Paul, what are you up to? Uh, I am living the dream. I have you an associate now. Dream. Oh, uh, so wow. Father Brian Eckridge is an associate. So. What's the best way to describe to a person what it's like to get an associate? Like, if there's an analogy that could connect with. Or another experience, I just say it's oh, Christmas every morning. Oh. <laughs> Christmas every morning. Uh, I'll tell no, you actually, it's really been great. Uh, it's just nice to have another priest around. Uh, so most priests don't have an uh, uh, associate. So explain part. to me what it's like in the day and life of a priest. Small picture, big picture. When you don't have another priest, what is it that you can't just walk well, away from? The sacramental life is really all your responsibility, and so you know it's. If somebody needs to be anointed, you're the only one that can do it. So if somebody gets sick, somebody gets sick, hospital don't you know, plan. People right? can go to the hospital, but again, they want to be anointed, and yeah. so so you have to you have to get there. Uh, the one that's probably uh, the, the one would be like weddings and funerals and baptisms. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are extra sacramentals uh, sacraments that take place, and you know you can't plan a f- funeral really, and so they just sort of pop up, and you got to try to adjust your schedule and, and figure that out. Now, does that give you anxiety? Like, just talking about it. Kind of takes me <laughs> well, it really, it's, so far, it's been one of the things where I just have to trust that God is going to make it work. You know, like you're sitting in this meeting with this family, and they're trying to pick a date for their funeral, and you're looking at your calendar thinking, oh, don't pick this date. Don't and pick. of course. And then they pick that day, and you're like, oh, sure, we can, you know, we can arrange our calendar according to that. You know, or sometimes you have to say no, you know. So one of the things that, that a lot of priests will say is, no Monday funerals. I just, you know, can't do them. Uh, and every once in a while I'll do them, but you know, you don't. You're, you're there Monday, and then you got a whole week, and then the next week it's another Monday, and then you know, and you haven't had a day off, and it's just not good for the parish and the priest and whatnot. But, um, and then having somebody to live with as well, you know, that community sense. You know, I, I say often to people, priests aren't bachelors. You know, and I, and I think we, we often see the priest as a bachelor. He's a single guy living alone. Uh, but we're not. You know, a bachelor's a different person. Uh, we're married to the church. Uh, and so when we live sometimes like a bachelor, we can kind of even live sort of this sort of selfish, I just do what I want when I want, how I want. Um, you know, uh, but now there's another person you got to think about meals and uh, community and prayer and uh, social time and those kinds of things as well. Uh, so, but it, it's been good, um, and the people have enjoyed it as well. You know, it's a different perspective. Another priest, they, you know, in, in Aber- or, well, Aberdeen, in Watertown, they haven't seen a new priest like this in 15 years. You know, so they've had new pastors come, but they've never seen, you know, like, oh, like 
saying mass is not really actually as easy as we think. Uh, all of those kinds of things. Uh, and then he's young. <laughs> you know, they're like, wow, these guys are young. Uh, those things as well uh, definitely play into it. And that's something that um, those uh, those hmm, older brothers that don't appreciate the struggles of their younger brother, that's something that the Sioux Falls people don't really appreciate, I don't think. Right. Like, because we always have two because, well, no, I shouldn't say that. No. There are many parishes in Sioux Falls that have two priests, and we grew up with that, right? So we're North End Cathedral kids. Like, when we were a kid, we had, like, four of them running around. I remember Mangan and Zim, Father Mangan and Father Zimmer and, and Father Kettler at the same. So you'd even have all these priests who were at the cathedral, so it's even a little different because then you're having others that aren't a part of our parish running around. Uh, but others would have that where they're used to having the new priest every couple of years cycle right. through. And that's something that I don't know one. That experience of saying there's young priests isn't necessarily always the experience in Hoven. They right. don't always see the new young priest cycle through every couple of years that that, that produces that hope, if you will. Or that says, oh, there are people new. say, oh my gosh, that's my kid's age. <laughs> my you know? kid could be mm. my priest like, now. Right, and, and all of a sudden in, in, in a person's mind, their child could be their, pa their associate at that moment. Mm. And, um, we're also excited because Lake Area Tech... Uh, and Mount Marty are both present in Watertown. Yep. Uh, and so Father Eckridge is excited. He'd like to do some campus ministry of sorts. He came out of the Newman Center at SDSU uh, and has a great love for that, you know. And so we're hoping as well that we can <clears throat> really reach out to the young college age people. Um, and he's in heaven. I, I think you remember when, you, when I told you I was going to Watertown. Uh, you talked about fishing and hunting and all yep. those things. And Always. so Father is like so excited. He's like, I think I got places to, to get my deer. And yep. He was out shooting last night at the gun range. and uh, So he, he's in heaven as well. That's You're exactly right. I lived in Howard. So when I was in, I did seminary for four years, and then uh, the collar didn't fit and fell off. And so uh, discerned out would be a better way to say that. Yeah. And. Lived in Howard, though, during that period. Howard, South Dakota, Father uh, Schneider, Michael Schneider, for a summer in 1999. Ten years later, I would find out from my future in-laws and Chris Kendall and uh, Troy Eisenberg that it was like one of the greatest epic fishing summers at Lake Henry, or I think it was Lake Henry, uh, right there down the road. And you missed it. And I, well, oh, you were it fishing. just goes to show you that, there, number one, people have different priorities. Number two, there can be something going on right underneath your nose, and it, you don't even have a whiff of it, right? It's like, dude, there's this pearl of great pride. And sometimes I think that's faith. Like, yep. the, you're, you're not awakened to the pearl. You're not awakened to the, the thing that draws you. And then later on, you are, and then you look back and you say, boy, <laughs> well, I missed out on that. That would have been pretty awesome to be a part of. Uh, but now I fish and hunt and love that stuff. Although, you know, kids <laughs> change a little bit of those priorities. Too, so. Anyways, well, great. It's going to be another uh, great show here at Lamb Catholic Radio, Rutten Brother Radio. And you can tweet us. You can hit us up on Facebook. Heck, you can call the studios or, uh, well, don't call John's or Paul's phones. Priests and phones numbers. We, do we want to give out your phone numbers? That, where they can call you? No. <laughs> uh, no. I learned a long time ago the number one thing. Don't well, give out. So, no, actually, my number, so. my number is available to a lot of people because we don't. This is the new. We don't have a phone in our rectories. Oh. Yeah. Because people don't have home phones. Yeah. Nobody calls a priest. The idea of a priest being. W
woken up in the woken oh, or waking up, up in the middle of the night. I was the other night. Were you? Yep. Oh, five the they are. Don't tell oh. Father Morgan that. <laughs> the hospital has my, my number. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in a smaller yeah. town uh, where you don't have a chaplain dedicated to the hospital system. There you go. Uh, they'll call. But as my first pastor said, Father Greg Shockert, if you take care of your people during the day, you will rarely be woken up at night. Ah, interesting. So his meaning behind that was, if you make the time to go to the hospitals when you can and do those things in, in during the day, you know, they've been anointed, you've done all the things you can, uh, but you have emergencies that come up and you can't really predict those. Yeah. Uh, but often I have found that to be true. That, you know, I'll go visit them, I'll say, you know, if, if something happens, there's really spiritually nothing more. I mean, you can call me, but they really are, in a spiritual sense, prepared. Uh, but that takes me going to the hospital or going to the nursing mm-hmm. home or to the home and, and being attentive on those things. And it's like anything, you know, if, if you plan uh, and you do what you're supposed to do, usually you can avoid things. But um, Yeah, that's really insightful. I think that is true because there's, there's this always this moment when something happens. And it's like, ah, oh, you know, I got to call the person from the treatment center from yesterday morning. Well... Like, I had a split moment, but then I'm like, oh, but if I call and they need something, I can't do anything right now, so I won't call. And then it's like this big, huge thing comes up. Well, then the person from the treatment center has a crisis in the middle of the night, and then they call you when you're sleeping, and then you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I guard my cell phone, you know, my number. Um, Well, the other day, it occurred to me, because I'm in Harrisburg, i got to reevaluate everything. What does this mean to be available to the people? No, you can't have my cell phone number. <laughs> but there's seven other ways you can reach me <laughs> on this yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have every one of those. But yeah. like I'm I'm guarding my cell phone number. And so yeah. it it was this uh this awakening for me. And it doesn't mean I'm gonna give up my cell phone number yet. But um I did realize, oh my gosh, they can get me. But it actually didn't give me peace. I thought there has to I need some way. I don't know. There's something about constantly having to respond. Like I lose, oh. I lose like what's in front of me because it's like fifty thousand times people can get a hold of you. As a, it's like being in an office, and someone can come into your office every five minutes. You basically never do anything. Oh, sure. As opposed to if you have a meeting at the beginning of the day, and a meeting at the end of the day, and you sort of have this organized way in which you can live, uh, in between and do something. So. Anyway, I haven't found any difference about it, but I figured, well, I guess maybe everybody will get myself phone. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose you don't have a secretary. No. No. no so and there's that, that challenge. And we didn't even have office um, hours until yesterday. Yeah, or, I, you know, I suppose there's a couple. Last week, I guess. Wow, that's exciting well, news, well, people. Well, this well, is exciting. I have, waited, I have waited for this moment for, forever. forever. We've arrived. Since we are now live. I, on Facebook at Facebook Live Radio. Rutten Radio <laughs> is Facebooking live. This is my first ever Facebook Live. I know. I hear people doing it. Facebook Live. Right and I think, oh, if only... <laughs> I only uh, <laughs> Facebook Live! But you yeah. do know that... I, I say this all the time. I be I like was like on the ground floor of Facebook. Huh. When what you had you? to... Well, when you had oh, to you be a college of- student oh. to be able to get an account because they were tied to the colleges. And I was chaplain at SDSU. And I mm-hmm. took classes, so I had an account. So way back when, when you were only friends with people actually on your own campus. And that was all mm-hmm. you could be friends with. 
hmm. back then. So, so anyways, you were there. Wow. That's I've been there through the. I've been there through every time people have said we're quitting Facebook because we don't like the way they reformatted the page. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody uh, ever quit Facebook because of it, but they, but they threatened it. They threatened it. They wanted it there's back. This, there's a there's a whole half hour at minimum there Sorry. about people threatening to do things that they actually are. They know, and everybody else knows they're not following through yeah. with. Yeah. Well, and it, <laughs> the other thing that it shows though is how quickly we become entrenched in our way. And I understand it because, like, you had your page set; it was nice, and then you open it up the next day, and it's like all messed up. Yeah. And uh, things are added, and you don't know if you like it, and then you got to try to, and you've only had it for like six months. Yeah. So, so no wonder people sit in the same pew, like, <laughs> for generations. It's like this is where we sit. We just because. Well, and and how how much that impacts our faith because we do the same thing in regard to faith, and then we end up walking away from the real encounter or the real needs of faith because somebody sat in our pew or because uh, this changed or that yeah. changed, and we can't let go of those things uh, in a <laughs> so, way that. So yesterday, uh, all right. So I'm down at Mount Marty, right? So I take the new job. I've been down there for a few weeks, and um, I asked one of the business professors if you know he'll go to. Let's go have lunch, right? Get to know people. Hey, you have good? No, no, no. So, all right, is he like doesn't want to go have lunch? He, you know, he didn't like my brother John who was down there for two years, and so he doesn't like me. Like, what's the deal? So, uh, it, no, watching my weight, watching my weight. All right, whatever. So, you have coffee? Let's go have coffee. Well, well, he got hymns and hot. Well, there's some, we have coffee every morning at 6.30. I suppose if you want to, you can come over and have coffee with, you know, with the guys. <laughs> so, all right, sure. Who's that? Who are the guys? Like, whatever. So it's the morning coffee group down in Yankton, or one of them. I'm sure there's 12 of them, or two at least. Uh, so anyway, I go to coffee with the guys, and he's not there yet when I get there, but two other guys are. So I sit down, and it's a round table with, like, six chairs. So I sit down. There's now three chairs left. There's three more to be filled. I know my guy's going to fill one of them, and there's two other chairs to be filled. I don't even think about this. Another guy comes in. There's no, there's one chair left, and the guy comes in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, the you yeah. know the guy that runs the table, right? Just socially speaking, and walks in and looks at me. He says, "Who's sitting in my chair?" No. <laughs> I thought. Of all the chairs I would have picked, Norm. I picked the chair, right? That's the guy sits in, you know? It was a hoot. So anyway, yesterday I got uh, introduced to the fellas at one of the local coffee spots. It was fun. Um, but <laughs> the chair, you right? Did you, did you? <laughs> of course not. Because <laughs> then, like, like, yeah, stake your claim here, right? Yeah, you know, just, yeah. this if is, you're going to ride I'm gonna the train, bow to that, ride I'm going to bow to that guy for the rest of my right. life if yep, I get yep, up and move. No, moment, right. no. <laughs> oh, too funny. So, well, fellas, why don't we kind of uh, take a look at uh, coming up on a break here with Twit? But we do want to say, give us some shout-outs. We'd love to acknowledge you out there, Twitter. Uh, Rut and Joe, or I don't something. I got a Twitter out there. Paul has a Twitter out there. John, do you do Twitter? No, no. Uh, Facebook, certainly. Everybody's on Facebook doing that thing. Uh, but we'd love to hit you up here. We're at Lamb Catholic Radio on Rut and Radio, coming at you live the first Wednesday of the month here in August. And we look forward to you coming back and join us as we talk about uh, John's new church that he's got going, or building a new community out there. Paul's. Great programming and series he's got going on up in Watertown, and we'll talk a little bit about Mount Marty and my new job down on the river when we come on back at Lamb Catholic Radio. 
In the silence, God speaks. At Broomtree Retreat Center, this is more than just a saying. It's experienced every day. Located six miles west of Irene, South Dakota, Broomtree provides modern facilities and a favorable environment for you to experience God's continual call to conversion and growth in faith. Whether you're looking for a silent retreat or a place for your family to get together, the opportunity awaits at Broomtree. For more information about our scheduled retreats or camp availability, call us at 605-263-1040 or visit our website at broom-tree.org. From all of us here at Lamb Catholic Radio, we'd like to wish a happy birthday to Father Ed Anderson, Chaplain at Avera Prince of Peace, Father Kevin Doyle, Pastor at Hoven and Bowdle, Father Joe Fursell, Pastor in Tyndall and Springfield, Father James Zimmer, Chaplain at Samford Hospital, and Father Jonathan Venner, in residence in Alexandria. Happy birthday and many blessings on your special day. Lamb Catholic Radio would like to thank Muth Electric, Jeff Alvia Fairtax, and Paulson Monuments for your support of Lamb Radio through their use of Merchants with a Mission program. If you own a business and take credit cards for your transactions, you too could support Lamb Catholic Radio at no additional cost to your business. Call me, Ray Campbell, at 605-660-3555 or even text me at 605-660-3555 and say, Ray, let's talk. Merchants with a Mission, proud supporters of Lamb Catholic Radio. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for August 2nd. Today we celebrate Saint Eusebius of Vercelli. Eusebius is one of those saints who defended the church during the 3rd century, one of its most difficult periods. The challenge facing the church then was the heresy of Arianism, which denied the divinity of Christ. Born around 283 on the island of Sardinia, Eusebius became a member of the Roman clergy and a bishop. He encouraged his diocesan clergy to live in community and did so himself. Pope Liberius delegated Eusebius to help settle the growing split between loyal Catholics and the Arians. Eusebius reluctantly attended the council in Milan, sensing that the Arian bloc would have its way. Although the Catholics were more numerous, the Arians were more powerful, and Eusebius and other bishops loyal to Rome were banished. Eusebius was sent to Palestine, the Arians dragged him through the streets and shut him up in a little room. He was later exiled in Asia Minor and Egypt until the new emperor permitted exiled bishops to return to their sees. Eusebius returned to Vercelli, where he continued his efforts to help heal the Arian conflict. He died there peacefully in 371. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media... This has been Saint of the Day. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network. Let's go back now live to the studios with the Rutten Brothers. How we doing out there, everybody? Welcome back to Rutten Radio. Uh, we've got, you know, I, uh, Father Paul, I told everybody to hit us up on uh, on their Twitter and their Facebooks and their texts and whatever else, and 
all of a sudden, boom, 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 they all started rolling in. <laughs> the first, the first one's Alex High. Alex, you're out there listening. You get the first shout out of the morning, dude. You're epically funny, man. This kid, Alex High. If you don't know Alex, Alex, witty, witty, witty. Uh, he's dropping uh, uh, Twitter bombs over here <laughs> on the "Don't sit in my seat" on that. Can don't I get your number? <laughs> good, good stuff. So. Uh, so Alex, shout out! Uh, we'll have to have you on a guest out there, Alex. If you're if you're out there listening, you're gonna have to come on in, I think, and join us in the studio sometime. So let's make that happen. The other one, Father John, is uh, I just got a text from your brother-in-law, which means he's my our brother-in-law. brother-in-law. I don't have a brother-in-law. Yeah, you have. Yeah, four you have four of, of them. them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Kendall, um, but he just thought you know we were talking fishing, and you know they got. I don't know if you know, but your your brother-in-law is uh, a master fisherman and is in a master's fisherman league uh, called, uh, what is it, walleye, uh, oh, I know, Kendall, he's out there listening to, whatever it's called, Lake Ponce, Lake Area Walleye Tournament. Well, they snuck in by the hair of their chin into the final tournament, which is this weekend. Oh, and so they're they fishing with the big dogs. This is it. Yep. So, they so they're prayers. going out there. They're going to go out and die. So he said, please, please say a prayer that your brother-in-law, and then uh, uh, Troy Eisenberg, right? So the, he's that's, in the boat, too. They need to catch the monster walleye. Right. And so they want to pray. And I thought, you know what? We could pray that he catches a monster walleye. That's okay, isn't it? Can we pray for things like that? Cast your net to the other side, I guess. Cast your net? We're fishermen, right? <laughs> I mean, he, he just well, told, you, he you, just told ask, you two that he'd you, make you guys fishers of men. Yeah. He didn't tell us that. No, you could, he you said could pray for anything. Whether right. he answers or Kendall, not. Kendall, you're out there listening. Uh, we're, catch the big one. Keep us, uh, keep us updated. Catch the, catch the monster. Do you guys know how a fishing tournament works? This is important for, for priests. They need to um, know all the... We, yeah, the Bishop's Fishing Tournament. Yeah, uh, so tell me about yeah, it, Paul. So you ran I, it for 10 years. Well, I didn't know so I what happens in a fishing tournament? Like, what do you, what's Well, you got to keep them from cheating. That's oh. uh, <laughs> what I discovered. No, seriously, I discovered, like, these, like, like they'll, they would hide fish if they could to go get them, to bring them back, to be able to weigh them in, right? Isn't this terrible. Yeah. Kendall, weigh in on this. Is this true, Kendall? So, uh... Yeah, you just go out and you try to catch fish, and you know it, whatever kind of fishing tournament walleye. So, uh, so you have to catch the walleye. <laughs> but what I find really interesting is, uh, and this is what my sister loves as well, is they have to pre-fish. Oh yeah. So you go out the day before and fish to find where the fish, fish are at. Are. So my sister's like, "What? What can I pre-shop? Like, can I go? <laughs> can I go to a store and buy something because it's on sale and see if it's going to be on sale the next day? Like, because yeah, the fish move though. The fish so move like- right." So I think it's a ploy. Uh, the other one that's really great is uh, there's a great family in Watertown. And her husband's always getting tags for like hunts all over the place. And he's like, no, it's like a once in a lifetime tag I got. I got to go get it. Well, so he's all over the place. So she discovers that she can get a tag too. And she got a tag to New York for Broadway play. I mean, she, she had to fill it. She had to fill it. So her and her uh, friends, they had to go to New York. They had to go to the play because it's not every year you get the tag for the New York. And he didn't find it as funny uh, as she did. <laughs> but he figured if he can draw a tag, she can draw a tag. So yesterday, Jane Wood, the academic dean down at Mount Marty, was talk, we were talking about uh, this new curriculum that we're designing. It's going to be epic. I can't wait to tell you all about it. And we were talking about Hamilton, right? <laughs> How do you bring something that's historic and make it new in the context of kids today? So Hamilton. 
Well, she went to Hamilton, and she said, on Broadway. And I thought, you got to actually Broadway to see it? Like, even to see it's a miracle, let alone... And she was like, yeah, my husband had to go to the World Series. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, I don't care about the World Series. I don't want to go to the World Series. I, Well, so... I had to go to my World Series. Yep. <laughs> so she was like, Hamilton on Broadway was my World Series. Yeah, so like, but again, back, back to that idea of things that are important to us. We can yeah. justify it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we can justify the money, the time, all of those things, because it really is important to us. You know, there, there's a certain person here who uh, <laughs> got on uh, a train and went down to be at the end of the World Series to see the epic. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. were there for it, John. Oh, wait, yeah, we won't talk <laughs> about oh, that. Oh, oh, but again, but again, oh. That's not public information. I was on retreat. <laughs> <laughs> but again, those things, you know, and when, when it's not important to us, we can really dismiss it. Yeah. Uh, and quickly dismiss and then when that it, it's important to them. Mm-hmm. And I, and I sometimes wonder if that doesn't happen for, you know, whether it's spouses or parents and their children, you know, like when you just can't relate to your kid because what they're interested in, you're not. And that ability to step out of yourself and say, well, I'm not interested in that, but I'm interested in you. And so if this interests you, and if this excites you, then I, I want to share that excitement with you to the best of my I'm going to get excited for it. But, but I'm excited, the, I'm excited for, you. for you and to be able to share that with you. And that's dying to self. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when you say die to yourself, what does that mean? Well, your other and, and not that you just endure it, but that you begin to realize that, that the joy that you're going to experience is, is being able to watch somebody else experience joy. Well, and, and then the, like, the temptation would be that it becomes mechanical if we don't have that last dynamic. Like my kid becomes, or I'm I'm like always like manip you know we easily go to like manipulating the kids so that this but no when I realized like this is for me, like this is where my joy comes from is to recognize I was I was coming out of a restaurant yesterday, um, and somebody, uh, a, a a woman looked like she had many struggles you know I was near downtown and I'm sure, uh, she, you know. And she says, I'm leaving, walking out, and she's walking in, and she says, stops, turned around, do you pray for people? <laughs> like, uh, uh, You're in your class. No, just, you know, I just dress like, like this for show. <laughs> you know? I don't get enough attention at home, and so I put this outfit on. <laughs> and, and, I mean, and, and I knew what no, she was being, but there's a certain sense of like, no, yeah. But how so, sad. Yeah, how like, sad that she look at a priest and say, "Do you pray for do, people?" Yeah, well, and and I think like, she, well, of course, but for some people, well, but I think she just like she was expressing some need to be in a relationship sure. with me. She knew that I would pray for her. She just didn't know how to like Bridge get into that. Yeah. And so here she is. Because you didn't well, give out your cell phone number. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> so so I stop. I ask her her name. We pray together. And, and then I leave. Now, I could think somehow she needed me. Ah. No, I need her. Yeah. I need her. And, and if I recognize that I need her, that she is the good for me, then it doesn't become a mechanical, oh, my kids do no. this. No, I need the kid that goes astray for me. Right. Imagine if all of Pete's parents' kids were perfect. They wouldn't get to heaven. 
because they wouldn't need Jesus. They wouldn't uh, grow in that poverty to say, I don't have all of the answers to my life. And it's why at baptisms, I take the child from the parent and I bring them down the aisle and I place the child on the altar because the parent doesn't really grasp baptism. Oh. Like, you have just given your child to God. Rejoice. (laughs) Because it's going to be hell on this journey at some point. Yeah. And you can rejoice because your child has been claimed by Christ. Well, they get that when I take the child from them, especially when it's their first. And I walk into the sanctuary and leave them at the foot of the sanctuary. And I give the child back to them and say, now, there's going to be days. And you remember, you have a duty here that God has given to you. But you have just given this child to God. Mm -hmm. Rejoice. Rejoice. So the other is actually for me. I need them in a different way than mechanically to like make sure that I'm given to the poor, that I'm charitable, that I pray with people who aren't doing well. No, I drove away from there and I thought, my gosh, I'm a priest. (laughs) Me, a priest. I felt like I wanted to turn back around and go into the restaurant and sit down with that woman and eat dinner. Mm -hmm. Wow. I need to know you. Who are you, this mysterious woman who would cross my path and cause me to make, like, I don't know. I need her. She doesn't need me. Our kids, we need them yeah. in a different way than I think we often... So Sorry. So, uh, all right, all right. Well, I got deep. <laughs> That's because he, he, he put his laptop away. Oh, oh. <laughs> you, you recognize. Yeah, I was like, I'm totally disconnected yeah, from totally. everything so happening here. I don't even know what we're talking so about. The, I'm like, the, the, get away well, from Well, we me. were talking about uh, important things like husbands and fishing and women, uh, women uh, our wives and shopping and uh, these special. Anyway, long story short, uh, we've got the updated info from the brother-in-law. Uh, and his response is, yes, cheating does happen okay. at, at the fishing tournaments. Okay. And he says, and it, it happens in all walks of life. Oh. So he's saying this is a human deal here. This Ooh. isn't like so we're because we're human and it's a fishing tournament means you got to watch those little sneaks, right? Because everybody wants to win and there's yeah. money at the if there isn't money at the end of it. No, he's well maybe they're cheating because of pride. Uh, but so you got the update there. Yes, it does happen in all walks of life, and it's called the Lake Area Walleye Club, and this oh. is a big deal here. Paul, you're up in the, I am in the you're Lake in Watertown. Area. Yeah, you're in Watertown, Lake Area, and this is a big deal, Paul, and the people in this. They fish every other Wednesday for about six weeks, and yeah. the top 15 or so get to go to the end of the deal. And, uh, you know, your, your brother-in-law's new on the – oh, yeah. Oh, Kendall is definitely fishing against a couple of your parishioners, oh. I would bet. But uh, they're no – I mean, there's – So do you side with blood family or parish family? I side with the ones that bring me the fish. <laughs> that, that's, that's a that's great, great answer. great answer. I no. thought you were going to say pay the bills. <laughs> no, like, no. Bring, me fish. Yeah. bring me the walleye. Yeah. I'll support you. All right. All right. Well, so good, good, we good. Hey, this has been a great, great first uh, half hour or so here of uh, the radio this morning. Lots of great conversation. Mm-hmm. You know where I'd like to take this back to as to where we started, and that is we all kind of got new things going on in, this, uh, in some sense. Paul's got this rock star adult kind of Wednesday night deal going on up in Watertown that's robust and Missy... It's just dominating it up there for him. And uh, John's got the new parish and community, and I'm down at Mount Marty. So let's uh, maybe we'll start with Paul. 
Did you see how I did that, Paul? Yeah. If you're out there listening, it actually, the itinerary says John first and yeah. then Paul. But, you know, we're Dutch. And so sometimes that order, <laughs> we need to get the, I, the I like throwing the Irish yeah. out there, right? We're Dutch-Irish, which is like schizophrenic, yeah. right? Organized gonna, chaos. Organized chaos. Yep. Yeah. So if you want to know what organized <laughs> stacks of chaos look like, just come into my office for sure. Maybe John's. <laughs> my office. And then each of us has a little bit more of the Irish or Dutch balance. So li- some of us are a little more Dutch, and you know, some of us are a little more Irish. And I don't know. I okay. tilt so get to, to your point. <laughs> yeah. Get to your point. Yeah, please. Paul. Joe. You've got unbelievable thing going on on these Wednesday night Absolutely. speaker series once a month uh, up in Watertown. Anybody listening up in the Watertown area, even from Sioux Falls driving up to Watertown or from Aberdeen sure. driving down or from Pier Over, I'm telling you, this is a rock star deal. You're bringing in big people. Tell us about what you got going on. Yeah. So we started it last year, uh, Missy Bomberger, our adult discipleship coordinator, uh, and it's called Faith in Real Life. And so what we were trying to do is figure out how to, to talk about our faith, but also the reality of what it's like to be lived in real life. That's the easy title. Uh, and what we wanted to do also, though, is, is to incorporate all of the aspects that, that our parish community should be. So we have our daily mass. Uh, to start with, and then we have a meal because uh, you got to feed people. Um, and then after the meal, we have our speaker uh, share uh, about 45 minutes to an hour uh, on whatever topic uh, that they want to feel called to share on. Uh, and then we have time for adoration um, as well. And it really, it, it's it's an act of God uh, in, in people who came together and the different ones. Uh, and this year, it really, I mean, Jeff Cavins is coming. No. Really? Yeah. And his wife. What's the date? Wow. Um, he's the first one. So oh, September? Uh, no, you, I'll have to find it. Missy's, Missy's Jeff like, and his wife God. God got Jeff Dude, Cavins. you never get them together. No. They're not like Scott and Kimberly. And, and the other problem, uh, October 4th. October. Uh, the other problem is, is all we want is, like 45 minutes to an hour. So something like a Jeff Cavins is like, what do you mean? You, I, I want a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they're coming. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing. So our, one of our adult uh, education groups has been doing one of Jeff Cavins' Bible studies. Nice. And Missy just said to them, pray. Pray. And if it's God's will, he'll come. If it's not, he won't. So, Jeff and Emily Cavins are coming on over. For an hour um, and a half. <laughs> to share with our parish community. You've got Jeff Cavins. Uh, isn't this yeah. awesome? Uh, so, like- but at the same time, then we also have local people, too, uh, that we bring in as well. I think we have, I think Joe's coming. Joe? Me? Right. I think, I think you're on. Nice. I think really? Joe's month. Um, you don't look like you know you're on. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, I, I do, I do remember that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we, <laughs> we, we also have local people come to. Uh, last year we had the former chief of police of Watertown, nice. Joe Vitek. She shared her story because what we want people to also see is these epic stories are not just just Jeff Cavins. Yeah. It's the person down the street as well that, that has, you know, an epic story. We had Chris Sarver who came to your parish as well, John. Uh, you, you know, and so it's just that idea. The other thing that we wanted is for the whole parish community to see this is for all of us. You know, I think so often in parishes we, we just 
target people, you know? So this is for the youth. This is for the retired people. This is for, you know, and it's like, no, this is for our parish. Let's all come together. Uh, yeah, and so it, it's going to be uh, incredible again. And it really is just placing in the hands of God and saying, oh, uh, this is yours and uh, inspire our parish and help us to see that that faith is lived. So I think right here is uh, a really helpful thing to take seriously because the minute we talk about this, I think I don't have a, a monthly Wednesday night formation series and I better get one. Oh, okay. I think that's the life of parenting, right? The minute another family is like doing something or they did this or they're doing that or whether it's religious or not, we're like, that's not the question. Your Wednesday night faith formation series is no different than me having a house. Right. You have seen yep. the act of God and you have yep. followed it. And the fruit of it is evident. Yep. I have seen the act of God and I have followed it. And the fruit of it is evident. Yep. Uh, it doesn't... Our goal isn't to have Wednesday night faith formation series. Our goal isn't to have houses. Right. Our goal isn't to... Our goal is to follow the Spirit of God that is in our midst. And He wants your family to live a particular way. And so now you have this series that's like rock star status. Now, I can see it and say, that's amazing. Right. I wonder what we could do. Yep. And then like begin to do the work. But I could try and duplicate what you're doing and it could be a total failure. Yeah, well, and I think again, the, the reality is is you've got it different because your parish is just beginning so we're having to work within an already established structure and so we're trying to figure out like how do you do this you know in, in what way and uh what will work what won't work and yeah and and again the other th reality is we also have to be free to not do it to say maybe it was one and done you know maybe we tried it it was good but okay uh, it's, yeah. it, you know, and there's this danger you, again I think of because it was a, a success then we're just going to repeat this Yeah. versus saying is this really meant to be carried on yeah. uh, and in some cases the answer is no you know what we experienced it once uh, we're not going to experience it again so how do you know that's like how yep. do you know that this is the well, will of God and that this is what we should do and um, and you don't have to answer no. that I'm just that's, yeah. the, no, that's the question it. then that really has to be taken seriously is uh, because we we had a big name speaker we wanted to bring in okay at St. Lambert uh, and we did the exact same thing you do we'd like 45 minutes yep they wouldn't come no they want a weekend. They have a plan that yep. they think we need. Right. I'm like, no, they think they're a big thing. I'm like, we're a big thing. Yeah. Like we have a big, <laughs> we're, and, and I don't yep. say that position. I mean, there's like something happening here and we just want you to come and help share, share your life for 45 right. minutes with us. Oh, you want how much? Okay. Well, whatever. No, he wants that much, but he wants the big weekend. And I'm like, right. uh, no. So we didn't bring him in. <laughs> the other thing is, is what we don't want is, you know, and I understand it if anybody's ever given talks, we don't want to pick from your canned talks. That's hard. We want you yeah. to share your, your, your story. story. And, I don't, and I think for some of them, they're like, what do you mean? Like, that's not why people ask us. Uh, you know, people want us to, you know, tell, it's your iPad. Turn it. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't figure that <laughs> so, out. So, and, and that was, I think, the, the thing that we found as well. What was most... <laughs> Powerful was somebody willing to share. Uh, and we could see it. This was the other thing we could see because throughout the whole, we really didn't know what we were doing. So we didn't really have the ability to tell people what to do. 
Uh, but it became very evident by the end of it. The ones that were successful were the ones that shared their story. The ones that sort of gave us their talk. <clears throat> it was good. You know, we were... So, in the middle of all of this, we're over here trying to figure out Mr. Technology Computer John Rutten's dinging on his... Every it's time, the hey, if you're listening and you're sending texts, please stop sending them to Father John. He can't figure out his computer, and it dings every time he does. We're in this wonderful conversation about listening to and following the Holy Spirit, and, and it's, it's been ding, rudely interrupted. Ding. Just like it is. Uh, okay, I don't. So that's know. family life, right there, so, fellows. So yeah. everything you try but, to do gets. So it, I do think yeah. that this is important that that we we understand. Yeah. Like, how do I know what to follow? Because sure. there are other people who will impose their yeah. idea on us. Yeah. Yep. So I think what I would say is centrality of the Eucharist, uh, sharing a meal, and hearing a story are the three <laughs> things that that are essential. How you do that doesn't really matter. But I think for us as Catholics, that ability for the centrality of the Eucharist, that the Eucharist really is what it's about for us in that understanding. Uh, the importance of a meal, sitting down, sharing a meal, uh, all that comes you know, into that. Uh, this last year, our men's group cooked uh, the hamburgers at the last one. Uh, and so for them, you know, the, the art of Getting together and making a meal, you know, is... What would you say it is? Eucharist uh, meal? And then sharing the story. Uh, so, how how that's done, <laughs> you know, is, is... Oh, it's a small world. I'm telling you, there's something going on here. Because, so I finished my master's, and in my master's, I don't know if it was directly taught. It was directly taught, but um, Tim Gray, Dr. Tim Gray from the Augusta Institute, said that all, I'm pretty sure it's him, all catechesis ought to be done through narratio. And that is narration, or storytelling. And this is why everybody loves C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien, is because they're storytellers, but they're communicating the story of faith. So I pick up on this, and I start saying, you know what, stop with the canned talks, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just come and share your story. And so, for the Catholic Men's Business Fraternity, when we have these men's breakfasts, we were bringing in speakers, and we still do bring in speakers for the summer conference and those types of things. But for the for the men's breakfast that we have quarterly, we just have a local person that's yep. a leader share their story on being a husband, father, and business leader. Yeah. And it's open. They can do, we, you know, I kind of say balance it. You know, we want to make sure there's, but for the most part, they can focus on whatever they want, and it changed it. And so here we have mm -hmm. now one of the major business leaders in town, giving a story, talking about the challenges that he faces with his daughter, who um, is struggling with mental health issues. Oh wow! And yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a room silent and eating out of the palm of your hand? Yeah. He could have said the most eloquently waxed, catechetical, ethical, whatever piece in the world, and he shared from his heart who he was, how the Lord's working in his life, the struggles he's facing and how, how mm -hmm. God's present in the middle of it. And then everybody else gets to, uh, to encounter that in their own place and in their own yeah. way. And it just has been much more effective than saying, let's bring a speaker in to talk to the guys about being a better... How do, how do you... What's your 10, thing, 10 ways to be a better husband? Yeah. No, no, no. Just share your story, and that allows us to encounter that in our own, 
experience. Yeah, and then I think the other thing it does is is it really helps them to see that we really all do have that story as well to to tell. Uh, we did this summer. We have a men a men's group that meets on Fridays, and and every, I keep trying to cancel it in the summer because I'm like, <laughs> like oh, I'm tired, guys. And they're like, we can't cancel it. Last year was because my sabbatical; they wouldn't let me cancel it. So this year they're like, we can't cancel it. And I'm like, well, we're not reading a book because if we read a book and you miss, then you stop coming. And as the le the leader of the group, I can't I can't quit, so I don't get to not come. So if I have to come to all these, then you guys all have to come too. So we did the same thing. I said, you know what I want? Just share how you've been changed. Mm -hmm. uh, is this what communion and liberation is? Can, can you let me finish? Sorry. Just oh, for a second. Dang it. <laughs> so this is what we've been doing. And, and it's, it's, it was evident. You know, the guys that love to talk, they're, they're first. <laughs> they're going to talk. They're going to talk. They're going to talk. But then you start running out of guys. So I like, send out the message on Flocknote. Uh, Whoever would like to talk. Uh, I still don't have a speaker for tomorrow. And inevitably, one of the guys is like, oh, I got that, and I knew it was me. And I didn't want to do it. So I wasn't going to come. And then mm. they share. Mm. And everybody's eating out of their hand. It's like, mm. and then the next guy talks. And like one of the quietest men, like doesn't ever say anything. He's like, I'll talk. And we're all like, <laughs> oh. you know. So, but again, it's, but it's freed everybody up. Yeah. Because now, now we, we, we know each other in a different way. So, now, is this like community sorry. liberation? <laughs> sorry, Bob. Sorry, sorry. All right, so as you uh, would have saw Paul jump out, I apologize, Paul. So, I always tell people, our parents taught us love and forgiveness, right? So, I love you, and my apologies for interrupting. It is something like So, anyway, what happens when you get three runs in a room together? Right. Um, so, but I am interested, though, Paul, like, what's the magic there, right? I was, you know, what's, what, is it, what is it, like... It, then I hear you guys. I didn't. I didn't realize you kind of jump in on. There's a lot of these priests and people doing this communion and liberation stuff. We got to talk about that at some point and say what is this thing or what's the method or what's the what's the magic? Is it something like this or am I trying to do what they don't want you to do and that is categorize it, box it, and make it into a method? <laughs> well, I'm just laughing because you brought in Father Rich Varis. Rich Varis to talk about communion and liberation, like. Four months ago. Uh -huh. But we didn't talk about communion and liberation. Well, sort of. <laughs> but anyways, so, anyways. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I'm like, it's not new, but anyways, it is new. It's new to well, you. This I is, got this you. Is I got what you. I, oh, yeah. This is what I would say. Being the one who, I've been with the movement for six and a half years. And in a sense, I have lived it alone for quite some time. And because, I mean, I... Uh, that's not true, but in a sense, like it's been dear to me in a way that, uh, but I, tr but I try not to speak about it all the time because, um, there's a sense that I don't need everybody to have this. It's not like CrossFit. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> you, you don't have to ask if somebody does CrossFit. They'll tell you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't want, like, all I know is I need Sorry, these all the CrossFitters out there don't people <laughs> that live this way and the more i try and get other people to have it the less it works for I, so anyway yeah. 
So what I would say I have seen happen. <laughs> yes, that's me again. <laughs> if you can hear the rumbling, that's my phone. <laughs> now, now that the dinging is off, the vibration is on my phone. And it's... So Laura Woods, our sister, texts me. <laughs> if you can picture her in her kitchen uh-huh. the whole time the dinging's going off, <laughs> she's running around the kitchen trying to find out where this noise is coming from. <laughs> uh, we apologize. So it's a good thing that you guys explained it. So now she cannot think she's crazy. Right. That was coming over your phone. Uh, so I have I have been living this. It's been so helpful to my life. It has changed so much in life. I tell people you can't understand me if you don't know this man, Father mm-hmm. Giassani. Um, what I have seen happen is, and I, for various reasons, it's sort of like popped. A little bit, and I really believe it's because of this book, Disarming Beauty. Um, little by little, like because we've lived here now, you've been coming to the priest group yeah. and you've been able to like get connected to the text. And so, little by little, like people are, and uh, a few more priests know more than I do in a sense, so they can explain things. Father Rich Veris can explain what I can't because yeah. I just um, uh, that podcast that came out from. Um, uh, I can't remember the priest's name. The, the The podcast came out a couple of days ago that we were sharing, and they just explained a little about, bit about CL, and it, it was really helpful. Um, so little by little, it's sort of, mm-hmm. and then as we as a community are living something more than just a weekly meeting, where we did family vacation last mm-hmm. weekend, um, New York Encounter last year just exploded. We had 24 people from South Dakota go to New York City Sometimes I can't get 24 people to show up to an event at the parish right. and 24 people from South Dakota end up not all because we planned it. They oh. just end up there. And you're like, why are you here? Why are you here? What are you doing? How did you know this? Well, I don't know what I am, but my friend was coming. And so it sort of popped and there's a book, Disarming Beauty. Mm-hmm. Father Caron's response to the loss of the culture. And this, I think, has put in dialogue the conversation about the method of Father Giassani. Because of that, I think people are talking about CL. Okay. Is that sufficient? That works perfect. I love it. And it's only because, like, I read this, I read the book, right? So I opened it up, I read the book, and it was on education, which, you know, now I'm in Mount Marty, so it's like, all right, I got to start reading up, right? I got to study, I got to kind of, and so all of a sudden, here's something different, though, because it was not what I would consider, like, um, a, a professional formative curriculum or, or text that like this was going to help me be learn how to be a college professor or learn how to build a college curriculum or material it was more about how is it that i encounter um the formation of human peoples and and mm-hmm. and, and, and how now and then i get to think about how, what does that look like for students and but when you're reading it uh, you're like, wow, there is something here. This is different. I have never read anything like this before. I've never pre- been presented with uh, evangelization and catechesis like this before. I've never, but it reminded me of the human experience. The movie? The movie. And so I thought, well, there's something here, right? And so anyway, I give it to the dean because I want, you know, so I give it to Jane Wood and I just said, you know, I'll just check this chapter out real quick. And it's like 12 or 14 on education. And it's been fast and furious down there in three weeks. She doesn't have time to read a chapter, right? But I just put it right on her desk, and I left, and she walked in. I didn't even know if she'd read it. I walked in, and she was almost crying. And I thought, what? And she was like, this is Mm -hmm. magnificent. Mm -hmm. 
This is beautiful. And she pulled out, John, a textbook, and she said, this, this is what this book and this author are saying. Mm. So there's another, there's, she said, I've been trying to find words for this mm-hmm. to express, and this, he has it mm-hmm. right here. So anyway, long story short, I'm like, what is the magic, right? Now and it's, now it's not just you and some lay people out there yeah. doing communion and liberation, right? Or this method, the school of communion. And now I hear, oh, Father Paul and some priests are getting together, and they're thinking about it. I'm like, all right, well, that, now the priests are in. That's kind of cool. You got lay people liking something and priests liking something that's moving them. And then all of a sudden I read this chapter, and I'm like, there's something here. I don't know what it is. Now the academics. And, she, you know, here she is. She's... She should be thinking curricular, right? And she's completely in, about encounter. So there's something there. Communion and liberation, Father, you can wrap and, up there, and then we're going to jump into a break, and we'll come back to parish assignments with Father John. And the reason that she is is in that position is because whether we know it or not, nothing happens until the person is awakened. I can have the best laid curriculum in the world, but if that student is sleeping, it doesn't matter. Yep. And, in, and we go through method after method after method in despair because in our heart we know it doesn't work. And eventually, he proses in the, in the chapter on education, eventually the, the teacher becomes like the student and they end up going to school every day and they've lost their yep. life. Yeah. Uh, and so we, the question isn't how do I educate per- perfectly? That's, that's important. The question is how do I awaken a human person? Yeah. And Perfect. the way you do that is through encounter. But it doesn't happen through me or in me unless I am willing to be poor. Because only the poor one recognizes the power that doesn't generate out of their effort. And when I realize the power that generates out of my effort and I live this way, I come alive. And then it like touches up against people and people meet it and the person at the restaurant stops and says, hey, do you pray? I am certain that the method of Giassani and the chapter on that education that Caron writes is what happened at the restaurant yesterday. Hmm. I live in such a way that this girl breezing by me it's not just because I wear clerics now that's what helped her I am certain that after we got done praying she went and ate differently at that table that she had something new in her when she dined that she wouldn't have had had we not met but if I think that I'm there to like help her life and give her money no she's there for me to keep me alive to my need for God awesome we're going to uh, wrap up here the top hour. We'll come back. We'll have prayer as we move into the work day. And uh, the kids aren't in school yet. We'll come back and wrap up Father Paul's series up in Watertown and start talking about Father John's new community in Harrisburg. We can't broadcast the good news without you. Go to lambradio.com and find out how you can be a part of Lamb Catholic Radio. of the faithfully departed is being brought to you by Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota. We guarantee you will notice the difference. We would like to pray today for the repose of the souls of Alphonse Kleinschmidt, Deacon Chet Murray, and Henry Stretch. 
Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of the faithfully departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed has been brought to you by Paulson Monuments of Canton, South Dakota. Remember a loved one, honor a friendship, create a legacy. Thursday mornings on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network from 7.30 to 8 a.m. for the Avera Morning Drive Health Minute. A team member from Avera will discuss general health topics that will keep you informed on the latest in the healthcare industry. The topics are timely and will change weekly. You're listening to Lamb Catholic Radio on KSJP 88.9 in Ipswich, Aberdeen, KSTJ 91.3 in Hartford, Mitchell, and Yankton, and 104.3 Juan Diego Radio in Sioux Falls. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network. Let's go back now live to the studios with the Rutten Brothers. Good morning, Sioux Falls! <laughs> oh, once isn't once enough, right? Day. No, you see that just more once. than once. I just, just get once. a good umph in. Never <laughs> first one at the top once, at the please. 7 o'clock hour. We're at the uh, uh. top of the 8 o'clock hour here at Rutten Radio on Lamb Catholic Radio. We're excited that you're joining us. Facebook, Twitter, uh, don't call us uh, if you have you our, don't number, know our number. Text us if you do. Uh, but hit us up. We'd love to give you a shout-out. There's all kinds of shout-outs. Alex High, Chris Kendall, Laura Woods. Um, yeah, 
So we'd love to give you. But we haven't prayed, so we do need to open this thing with prayer. It's usually our kids' hour, but they're not in school yet. Parents going to work, guy, uh, you know, people in the office, wherever we're at. Father Paul, would you uh, do the... Amen, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day and the opportunity to encounter you in so many ways. We just ask that you may pour your spirit into our hearts and into our lives, that you may inflame in us a desire to know you, to share you, and to encounter you and those around us as well. We ask that you may bless all those who are listening, either live or in the days to come, that they too may know that you are present to them and that you desire to enter into their life more deeply. We ask that your spirit may bless the rest of our time here today, that you may always lead and we may always follow. We ask all this in your name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. I still uh, treat this like a radio show, and I forget that this is Facebook Live. You can jump on Lamb Catholic Radio and uh, watch Facebook Live. You can uh, follow us on the other sources. But here I am. I'm like my legs are tight, and I'm stretching, and I'm putting my arms up, and I'm I, you know I got a face for radio, right? So it's like I don't. And that's like, wait a minute here. Now they're tele. This is on live, so we're live Facebook here. We had 500 followers there for the first hour. It's not bad, fellas. No, oh, that's a nice little. Yeah, there's almost 500. No. Yes, yes, yes. No, that can't be true. Yeah. 500 people are watching. Um, hello. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. no, it, no Mark Zuckerberg it. lies. He's kidding. This isn't actually out. So Whoa. anyway, check us out. Facebook Live. It's the new thing, Father. It's Everybody's doing it. That's like <laughs> I'm riding with Father Simple in his car the other day, and it tells you if your tire pressure, and oh, it yeah. tells you the tire pressure on all four wheels. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't think it's true. And I'm thinking, but Acura... Like puts this in the like they wouldn't go through all that work to put something that actually didn't work, <laughs> no, you would they? Right. No, as a matter of fact, uh, ask, you get ask, in major, 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 right, major trouble if you do this, right? <laughs> so Volkswagen yeah. is absolutely, uh, yeah. I don't need Paul, Father Paul. But what happened with Volkswagen? Let's talk about integrity of corporations. From, from what I understand, Volkswagen created a software system which would lie about the emissions coming from their diesel engines in their they car. Did? Yes. So oh, that yeah. they would say that they were more efficient and less polluting than they really were. And then they got caught. Major, major, <laughs> major Recently? Problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and in fact, it's actually hard because I just heard that Chrysler's trying to put a diesel engine in two and they're running into the same problem. Uh, that they can't make them as clean as... The environmentalists want them. And anyway, so wow. Oh yeah. So, so it's uh, yeah. For well, so because that's what I sort of thinking. Integrity, like they're yeah. known as being like the company yeah. of integrity, and mm. here they are. <laughs> yeah. So that's speaking what of I'm, honesty, right, Chris Kendall. Yep. That's what I'm. Uh, uh, type of humanity, thing, fishing in every area, cars without it's Christ. A human problem, right there, Kendall. All right. So, Father Paul, you got your schedule uh, lined up here. You got this great series. Anybody up yep. in Watertown? First Wednesday of the night, starting. October. October. And yep. you got a lineup there? Or? Yep, we do have a lineup. Thanks to Christian Bamberger. Uh, Jeff Cavins is coming. He'll start us out. Zachary King, uh, Joe Rutten, Jeff and Lois Heron. You know them. Nick Davidson. Mamry is oh, going to give oh, us a Oh, you're talk. bringing him. Uh, oh, yeah. And then uh, a local person, uh, Maria Gertis. Uh, and oh, then really? Jesse Carey. So, a little of everything, you know, well-known, famous to a lady in our parish who 
people probably don't even know. They see her all the time. Um, so yeah, so we're excited uh, about all of them. You know, and again, it was one of those things you just sort of put it out there. And you invite them to pray about it and, and consider it. And if it works into the schedule, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, and so, yeah, we'll be excited. Oh, that's great. Uh, um, so just a highlight here, Father Paul. Um, I know a couple of them. Jeff and Lois Heron. Uh, if you're out there, you don't want to miss theirs for sure. You don't want to miss any of them, but January 10th, first one. Jeff and Lois are converts to the Catholic faith. And Jeff was a Protestant pastor for 31 years in Sioux Falls at Linwood Wesleyan on 57th. Mm-hmm. She actually was my, my, my wife's family's pastor. And my yeah. wife converted. She was. He, he was. was. He was, yeah, yeah. And so he converted. He's got a fantastic story. His wife converted, everything else. So that's going to be a home run. People aren't going to want to miss that. I might have to drive out for that one for sure. And then Mamrie Coney is a, a convert to the faith. I can't even begin to describe his story. Great lineup, Paul. Nice work to Missy getting all those people in there. And they're just going to simply come share their story. Yep. You know? Enjoy right. a meal. Yeah, so uh, th- so if, if you realize, like, that really inspires that like there's something there yeah people like want to come yeah and, it, and it, the funny thing i wasn't even there for it to begin you know i went on sabbatical so i left uh when the whole series began and it yeah. it overwhelmed everyone like all these people showed up they didn't expect it they didn't have enough food they were like what is this and, and then they you know they were like wow this is you know really quite amazing and it was jim beckman was the guy that kicked off our first one uh and again it was just like incredible and people just said you've got to come you know? What's at the heart of it all? Why is it? Why do you think it's successful? And it, it's just lived. I think you know it's not like there's no routine to it. You know, it's it's daily mass, so you come to daily mass. It's a it's a meal. It's not fancy. Become uh, as your family. You know, whoever. I don't. It's. I just think because it, it almost is authentically lived out, uh, and then I think the way the stories are shared. You know, it. it it definitely is something different than, you know, like Joe said earlier, the, the 10 things for, you know, it's just, well, here's, here's how my life is, is, you know, the challenges, the struggles, the joys, you know, Chris Sarver's story was just unbelievable. Um, yeah. And it's for everyone. I think that's the other part. Like, again, it, there's no excuse. Like, this isn't for me. No, this is for everyone in our parish. Um, Awesome. So would awesome. it ha- would it have happened without Missy? No. No. Because uh, I have no organizational skills whatsoever. Mm. Uh, so it does and take. And so, it, yeah, it takes somebody that can, you know, and not just that, but she really gets relationships. She gets that aspect of it all. Uh, and so even in talking with her, we were able to discern wh- where we wanted it to go and what worked and what didn't. And to be able to see that reality that, you know, when somebody gave a talk that was sort of a canned talk, it wasn't what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And the freedom to say that, you know, if you don't want, mm-hmm. if you don't want, then, then it's okay, you know, we're fine not having you come. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be sad, you know, that like, oh man, they'd have been a great speaker. Uh, but I'm also excited, you know, Maria Gertis is, you know, like, people don't know her. Yeah. Uh, and she sits, she's in our parish and uh, mm-hmm. incredible story. Uh, and she was actually going to do Truth on Tap and Missy Faith in Real Life. Mm. Uh, so it's a huge step for her, like huge, you know, to think like here she's going to stand up in front of... Someone is a, someone who Jeff Cavins just stood up in front of. Right. She's going to take the same spot Jeff Cavins yep. is going to take. Yeah. 
Yep. And maybe even be more profound. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. You know, totally. And, and our parish will be like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. it's And it's kind of cool, like, with Maria, is I, I did her wedding, uh, and, you know, and then baptized her baby. So she's somebody from the parish that I've known. Her and Landon, her husband Landon came into the church, uh, and she's had, you know, lots of different struggles and challenges along the way. So it'll be a good talk. Hmm. Well, great. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, we should be doing Stump the Priest. Oh, I thought we were done with like this section. <laughs> I thought we'd end up missing it. All right. Oh, well, we'll come back to it. We'll see. We'll see. Let's get to Father John. Oh, it got cut off. It got off cut off. So yeah. the Holy Sorry Spirit. From God. So, yeah. so, but we'll come back to Let's it. Let's talk so. about John. Uh, so, Father John, you uh, get an epic challenge. The Holy Spirit's kind of said, oh, I want to test this guy. I want to see what he's up to. <laughs> Uh, you being tested lately, Father John? <laughs> what do you got going on there at the Catholic community in Harrisburg? Yeah, it's um, amazing, actually. We are, right now, I am being put in front of what I've been living for the last six and a half years with communion liberation. Um, I'm having to test it. It's one thing to just say, oh, yeah, I got this thing, you know, but then you live on structures that are different. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, and I can pretend that this works, but right now I have to live so confident that Christ really is the one who rebuilds this world. Um, and it sort of reminded me of when we left and we were talking about community liberation, I sort of said, like, I've been living this alone. The, the, what that means is I have been living this for me. And everyone else has been free to do it. And there's a certain point when someone sort of gets that and they take this change in which they don't look at me as a priest who needs to give them everything, but they sort of are looking in the same direction I'm looking. Um, And my time at St. Lambert's, like, I haven't been alone. There's been so many people since I've moved to Sioux Falls and uh, have these people have sort of like grasped this way of living and we've sort of been living in various fashions and various ways. But before our lives, we've seen Christ is doing something. There's really something happening. What is this? Right in the middle of my life, I'm, I'm doing laundry and all of a sudden something hits me and, and I realize like, Lord, like you are cleaning me. Or, you know, or you hear people talk about, you know, their child, how their child just has been changing and, and how that, that's been helping them. Um, so when I go to Harrisburg, really, God has been preparing me to live in a way with a people where whatever the building is, it's okay. Whatever the m- ministry is, it's okay. Can you see the Spirit of God touch someone's heart? Can you see your heart, mine, awakened in front of a person? or in front of a vent, driving down the road. The number of times I have sat at Gilberto's on 10th Street and had profound moments, <laughs> like, I, more than my hands, the fingers on my hands. So I'm in Harrisburg now, just with exactly what I told people is all that's necessary. My impoverished <laughs> desire to live something I can't attain, yep. and the certainty that Christ meets that in unexpected ways. And it happened yesterday because now I have a house. Right. Yeah. So what's happened out there? We've got an office in chapel on the corner of Willow and Cliff Avenue in Harrisburg. Sure. Right behind the BP station. We've got 
religious ed program we're starting now next uh, come in October and things are falling together. We've got Paul Monarchy who's coming in to help us facilitate this new life. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I and now say we have was, a house. It was, it was, yeah. But the essential is that like God's doing something in our midst and people sure. are coming together. Sure. Here would be the, the one question in that. So in this, there, there seems to be the reality of the freedom to not move until you feel it's what God wants. Uh, how do you deal with it if you've been given something and it's not, it's not what you wanted? So in a sense, you moved into an uh, office when you were yeah. ready versus yeah. somebody already had an office for you. Now you've got to move yeah. into this office or a house and you were free to say, yeah. well, I don't have to live in this house. Yeah. So how does somebody who maybe is in something that they feel isn't the right thing uh, deal with that? Uh, this is this is the place where you're educated to when your need is met. And so it's good. St. Lambert, the office, is in a place where um, it wasn't helpful to me. And I was always trying to like figure it out. If I do move my desk this way, if I do that, da 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 Well, in the end, what I learned is m- m- I am restless. This is not what I want. Well, the situation in Harrisburg, when it arrives, the reason I know this is so... It is because of the frustration with this other way. So everything becomes good for me because even if it isn't the moment I, I like recognize God gave me, it helps me know how poor I am. Does that make sense? So the person who frustrates me, okay, if I have a frustration with a person, when it goes away, the only reason I know that the Holy Spirit did something is because of all my efforts, I couldn't yeah. do it before. So the ability to accept the office that you don't want to be in. Yeah. And, and it, I grow in just saying, Lord, whatever. And I just live this poverty in front of everything. But I grow to that place because I'm not willing to live. I have this restlessness when it doesn't meet my need. But if I didn't have that restlessness, I wouldn't be able to be so certain this is the Spirit of God. Does that help? Yeah. Because I think that's well, a great... Well, I just think there's so many people who are in something and it's not right. And yeah. so I think the, the fear would be, well, I just need to get out of it. Yeah, that's exactly so, what we do. You know, versus then learning, I just need to be patient and, and the office will come, the house yep. will come, Paul Monarchy will, will come. All these things will arrive eventually yeah. um, versus what do I do in the meantime? All of those things that I usually run from are places in which I actually need to beg for God. And what I'm doing is I'm always trying to change the circumstances instead of becoming a beggar. And as I become a beggar, I realize, Lord, what I'm really looking for is you. Say I'm a marriage. A marriage. I mean, there's a do- there's a section in that book on marriage that's absolutely yeah. life-changing. And it talks about how you just go from one spouse to the other spouse. You, know, you just keep moving on. But the fact of the matter is the person that just keeps moving on doesn't realize, you know what? The next person isn't going to answer your need either. Right. Yep. Only the mystery of God is going to. That's what you grow in your certainty of. So thank you for the clarification because yep. that really is true. Uh, so the parent... The parent can't get rid of their child, but the parent keeps changing their child, and the parent will be 80 years old trying to change the child as opposed to allowing the child to be the provocation that helps you say, I need you, Lord, to be everything. And you know what? The minute they get to that point, the child will probably show up. 
the way they want them. <laughs> or the freedom to let the child go their way. Yeah. You know, like the prodigal son, you know. And there's where the patience comes because you have to let, you have to be so free and so disposed that you will let the child have time to come back of their own free will. Right. I don't like God's method, which is freedom. Right. <laughs> I don't want it to be free. No. I want it free for me, but I don't want it to be free. For I was going to say, there's a lot of things that I'd like free. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, good, good, So that's good. Harrisburg. We're, yeah, we're listening yeah. To, to Father Rutten, the newest pastor of the Catholic community of Harrisburg. As he uh, not, not necessarily doesn't approach this as a, 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 I'm building a church, but I'm forming or I'm building a community. And so with the approach that he's been formed in with uh, Community and Liberation and Giasani, it's exciting to hear about all the things coming forward. I'm sure you've had a few restless or sleepless nights, though, in the last month or two father john uh, no oh come on no, no, the, no oh, no, the only restless <laughs> night in in two and a, in two years since i started the campaign at saint lambert's the only night i have had restless when i couldn't sleep was the night where suddenly oh, it occurred to yeah. me maybe i'm the priest to go to harrisburg yeah, yeah, that's, a great, that's the great only great restless story. night <laughs> and that's why I'm and out there. An encounter, like, is it right? My restlessness is what brought me to the place of certainty to say I got to go to Harrisburg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, the beauty of the church is I also offer that to the bishop, and the bishop can say you're crazy. Mm -hmm. But the bishop was like, "You didn't oh. offer it to us." Well, well that's because I <laughs> certainly didn't give you Saint Lambert first. I, I already option. knew your answer. <laughs> Although Saint Lambert landed on their feet, they uh, they're, they're oh they're be doing just, just fine. fine. Father Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Father who? Father John? Father Ryan? Young and Father, Father Shelton are. Oh like, yeah, he was really good. Blowing yeah. me off the map, <laughs> right? Like. Who's good, it? good. Well, you're listening to uh, Rutten Radio here on Lamb Catholic Radio. It's the Rutten Brothers times three. And if you'd like, you can search Rutten Radio on YouTube Live right now. Yeah, and you can uh, check this out. Father Paul's so, actually watching us as we're as we're doing it. So, uh, Lamb Radio's Twitter page at Lamb at the Lamb Radio or Lamb Radio's Facebook page. So check us out. Jump on there. There's a few hundred people or a couple. I don't know. Maybe it's all our in-laws watching or listening. So with that, um, you know, I took this new job, so it's in Yankton, and I live in Sioux Falls, which means I put a few miles on the oh, car. Yeah. So I joined Mount Marty as the director of the Benedictine Institute, and it's exciting. Great things are happening. What Mount Marty's doing is a renewed vision for Catholic Benedictine leadership for the 21st century. And as we look at what's going on, i got to drive down there, you know, uh, three days a week, about hour and 10, hour and 15, hour and, well, I suppose it depends upon how fast you're going. About an hour and a half. I need to drink coffee from me. So, Father Paul, I figured, you know, I need to find some oh. podcasts, oh, yeah. right? Because, like, if I'm going to be in the car for a couple hours, I, I can't just do radio. But I, I get tired of the CDs, in and out Lighthouse, in and out Lighthouse. In yeah. and out. I got a thousand Lighthouse, right? In <laughs> yeah, and, out, in yeah, out. Yeah. Right? And, and I'm in there for an hour and a half every morning and every afternoon, so... So podcasts, I get hooked up on podcasts. I'm way behind on technology, so I just get podcasts. But then they don't eat my technology, or my, my data. But there's this guy named Jocko. Jocko Podcast. And Jocko Podcast is epic. Really? Oh, dude, John, I'm I, telling you. It's, it's 
Let me tell you what I listened to. Here's the story that I listened to yesterday. And you tell me if this isn't magnificent. It's not magnificent, but... So yesterday's was the more the justification of moral evil. Oh, I haven't listened to that one yet. It is the story of the 101st German Battalion, police battalion, not army battalion, police battalion, that invades Poland and begins the extermination of the Jews. Hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And it begins by them rounding them up and taking them into the woods and executing them by rifle point blank so he talks about the effect this has on the Germans he humanizes the Germans in it is what he does he shows these are people right so now how do they do it like how, how do you the reality we never put ourselves in the sure. the shoes of the Germans right these are men and women these are people that have to execute yeah hundreds and thousands of people hmm. but, and so so they started with uh right 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 there so they would get you know they were there and what eventually they realized was the destruction upon the the, the police on the individuals was so great they had to find out a new way to do it and so then the police just started rounding them up and loading them on cattle cars and shipping them off to the camps hmm. where eventually they'd be exterminated through hmm. gas chambers and through an infirmary, right? Yeah. Well, why did they end up there? Because of the destruction that the evil caused on the person. But then Jocko evaluates. So it's this book that's on the 101st Battalion. You can read it. And Jocko, what he does is he reads yeah. from these books. And, and the, yeah. so he's a person of military, he's a military seal, right? Yeah. Paul knows all about it. And he's a leadership guy. So he, he does these fantastic podcasts. But yesterday it made me realize how evil can so easily be justified by good people who don't mm-hmm. mean to do it, just, yep. but you just go with the flow, and it's easy to find outs. Yep. You make a compromise here. Yep. Compromise so that's uh, so I've yep. been listening to these Jocko podcasts. If you got podcasts out there, you're like, hey, Rutten, Mr. Rutten, Rutten, whatever you call me, I'm mm-hmm. not father. Send me them. Send us your podcasts that you listen to. There's a, a couple that I listen to that are the lanky guys. Yep. There's this lanky guys one that's kind yeah. of scriptural and great insights on the Bible. Yeah. Like I found some great old. So anyway, podcast. What's the our, one that I passed out? That I really like those. Uh, Peter Kraft does some great podcasts. Yep. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's what I'm up to. Driving down to Yankton Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. I'll start teaching in the fall. A part-time, I'm director of this Benedictine Institute. In fall of 18, Mount Marty will roll out a new curriculum, G curriculum, and have a kind of a new vision for Catholic Benedictine leadership. And I think it's going to be pretty epic. I look forward to sharing with you fellas more about it here down the road. So that's what I'm up to. Nice. Good stuff. <clears throat> you know what you were talking about that. Uh, when I was in seminary, Monsignor Elmer, uh, who was this just old, tough priest who had served... In World War II, uh, gave probably one of the most amazing homilies, and he talked about the moment they had come into this this town uh, that that the Americans had taken, and and he said at the center of the town was this square with the statue of Our Lady, and he said there at the the center of the town was a German soldier dying while praying the ro- rosary, praying to Mary, oh. and he said I realized that my enemy was asking the same person for the same thing. And it was this like profound reality, like we have to dehumanize these people. Mm-hmm. And and to think that this guy was on the other side fighting him, but at the same time with a love for our lady 
and at the end of his life asking her to remember you know and he said it was just this like profound moment for him mm. like you wouldn't think that the german soldiers would pray the rosary uh-huh. but here he is yeah. yeah the meets this man dying at the foot of Our Lady. And he said, that's where I would have been. Yeah. So this is, this is really beautiful because it puts us in front of this new need we have for what is it to be a Christian? Because the secular world would look and say, see, you guys are like schizophrenic or you right. guys are like at war with each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is one of us is right and one of us is wrong. And that's fine to say that. But Christianity is the belief that there is a mystery happening in this life and that Jesus Christ has come into this world as a presence. And this presence is still present in a people. And he comes, he's present through me, and I'm still a sinner. Uh, and to the degree that I don't sin, I mean, we do want to be called to, to change the world. We don't have fruitfulness when there isn't a life lived in me of Christ. But I can still be a scoundrel and be a believer. Mm-hmm. It's still possible to have a world at war and have... And uh, still be a Christian. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus wants a war or that war is good at all. But I think it just shows how we 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 have to understand what Christianity is, or we walk away from it. Yeah. Both of those people could have been on their knees saying, "Jesus, I am so lost." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the other one. If you ever want a, a great testimony of the power of Christ, is uh, Anne Marie Schmitz to Helen back if you've if you've never heard the story listen to her story it's unbelievable again and it's a lighthouse media CD um, to Helen back and I was somewhere else and they they were talking about her uh, this guy was and and I didn't realize they had made a connection Uh, profound profound again the reason I say that is she lived in that town well, that's, I know what it was, the charismatic. We had the charismatic, it's the 50th anniversary of the charismatic renewal. Really? Uh, and Father Ed Pierce was giving a talk, and he was talking about this town uh, that was filled with the Spirit, and it was Anne-Marie Schmidt's hometown. They had no police, they had no jail, they knew no violence, they knew no need, because they so lived simply out of what Christ asked for them, and they were rounded up uh, by the Germans. Uh, and so anyways, it's, it's quite a story. But she tells the story. Uh, it's great. Mm. Uh, she was lined up to be shot because this is what they did. They lined up 10 people, yep. shot them. Next day, lined up 10 more people, shot them to bring this town into compliance. And they shot her and she didn't die. Mm. <laughs> and she said she was so mad. She got up and she said, you idiots, you can't <laughs> even kill me. How can you rule the world? And they were just so baffled by this girl mm. that they didn't kill her. Really? <laughs> but she's like, you idiots. I mean, like, she's like, you can't even kill me. How are you supposed to rule the world and you can't kill me? So, uh, quite a life. Quite a story. Amazing. Power of Christ. Uh, yeah. Resurrection. The whole thing. Uh, forgiveness. Wow. Uh, divine providence. It, it's an unbelievable story. And you just imagine this, like, little old lady, like, just sharing her story on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. Like, I like guess if it was like, well, this is my life. You know, uh, and you're like, oh my gosh, like that's the most profound story yeah. I've ever heard. Uh, so, and, and imagine being a German. Yeah. Imagine if you're a German right now, and I don't know this for a fact, like I haven't been over there, but you hear how like the whole German culture is trying to like pretend this didn't happen through them or find a way to overcome that like they were complicit in these things or whatever. Well, in a certain way, they need this woman. 
Yeah. To look at them with a mercy and to say, I love you. Yeah, I forgive you. I, I forgive you, and you and I are on the same journey. Yeah. Uh, and only through that sort of look upon the world can things really change. Right. Because, right, because we all have it. We're all a German. Yeah, we're all a German. German. We all have that part that we just want to sort of push away or pretend it didn't happen. Let's just ignore it. We don't talk about it. Yeah. Uh, we'll just do better now yeah. and not really bring reconciliation into the moment. And then we're not free to yeah. be able to say, yep, we did that. Yeah. Uh, yep, we're not proud of that. Uh, it, you know, it happened. And, uh, and then the question becomes like, how does that happen for us? Sure, sure. Because even I think they, they talk about this, right? Uh, Pope Benedict was, as a kid, was in... Whatever. Oh yeah, like, the Nazi youth camp. Yeah, or the Nazi youth, or whatever, or whatever that was. The... And it's like, well, okay, well, who wouldn't have been? Yeah. You know, and they act like everyone should have had this heroic virtue at this young age, and it's like if you didn't, somehow you were complicit with all of the things that the Germans did. And it's like, no, no, uh, it was a circumstance like this. Is, yeah. You know, part of life. And, and and I've been a part of the fishing tournament where I lied. Oh no! You know. No! No! <laughs> no! no. no. Oh my gosh! So. If you could see the face on my brothers! Say oh wait, so. you can see the faces on my brothers. Um, you, you know what tell I mean? us? <laughs> tell us? No, no, oh, we gotta you move are on. Catholic no, I'm just no? kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm lying about lying fishing. I'm lying about lying fishing. No, but, that's but that's you know what I mean? Like reality. I've all, we have all participated and been complicit in something that has caused destruction on another yeah. person. And so, what is it that allows me to not have to hide that part of me? Right. Um, it is that section in the in the book on marriage. Uh, it's the encounter with Christ that gives the woman the freedom to go to the town and say, "He told me everything." Hmm. You know, so here everybody knew that she had five husbands. Everybody knew that. But it's the whole, how do we live? You know, we live in a way which, well, we don't talk about it, though, Mm -hmm. when she's there. When she leaves, then we all talk about it. And then when she Mm -hmm. comes back, we don't talk about it. Uh, She goes into the coffee shop, proverbial coffee shop, and she says, guess what? I met the man that told me all about my five husbands. (laughs) Yeah. And, and like, punctures this, like, oh, we... we, (laughs) And she's like, no, no, actually, we we can talk about them all if you like, you know, this... (laughs) And, And she's now free. Yeah. Because she met Christ, and then she says... You come meet him. And you can almost imagine people saying, I don't want to meet the man that's going to talk about my my secret because we don't talk about my secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody knows about mine yet. Uh, and then the other one who says, he can set me free from this. I want to meet the man then. Yeah. And so she's able to bring them to meet him yeah. around the reality that he told me everything. So what does the mystery of God, what does the face of this mysterious encounter look like for the people who are in the proverbial coffee shop? The woman. Right. Jesus doesn't walk this earth like he did 2,000 years ago when he met this woman. We carry the possibility that we can look at this world, we can look at another person in a way in which that happens again. How does that happen? I believe only when we have had the experience. Right. Once I have been looked at this way by another human being, not just a mysterious like me and Jesus thing, but when Michael Donnelly looks at me with mercy, 
when I can time week after week sit down with somebody and somehow I know when I walk away this guy doesn't judge me this guy doesn't think I'm crazy I actually I, I think I should tell him even this stuff let's see what he says with it this guy doesn't seem to be scandalized by anything wait till he finds out about this yep. <laughs> really like and then he says well let me tell you about things I've done <laughs> you know? right I, then all of a sudden I find myself walking out of the restaurant one day and see a woman who I know is totally lost and on drugs and whatever and I have this sense in me that I love her right the Samaritan woman yeah let me tell you what he's yeah. what he's done for me yeah. we carry this possibility that the mystery of God can reach another human being but only when I've allowed him to reach me through a real person and I think that the challenge with that is it's a risk because that's a person and they might not respond like <laughs> Christ, you know? And so we have this reality like, well, they might not, so I'm not going to share it because mm-hmm. what if they don't? Well, then you're still stuck, mm-hmm. you know? And so what if I'm willing to risk and mm-hmm. to say, you know what? You you all know because you've been talking about it for the last. Yeah. So. Here we go. And there's a there's a sense that God's mercy allows it to be so surprising in the beginning that you can't not share. You right. know, like she didn't think, oh, I should go to town and like hey, tell all these people. You know, no, like the first when it happens, you just like can't not share. And and the temptation is then after that is where you get into this place where all of a sudden you start craft. Oh, maybe you no, know, no, like I need to like. And as you just live it. It just happens, and I become aware, oh, there's something happening here. And I'll go back to where I get quiet, but then he'll get me again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the beautiful moment when you can't not share, <laughs> and you say, this is amazing, you know? Uh, yeah, I can think of a million, and anyway. All right, well, this has been wonderful. Uh, you know, there's great things going on here, deep conversation, broad conversation, um, dishonest conversation i'm still struck by the fact that you lied about lying you didn't even lie about fishing cheating and fishing you lied about lying well, uh, this is the truth of the matter is i said it not intending it to be understood that way <laughs> but when you understood it that way it was too good to not like go all the way in and then once i went all the way in i'm like okay well don't drive it home like stop the car and get out. So I had to tell you I was lying about lying. Well, you're listening to Lamb Catholic Radio here in the Rutten Brothers Times Three. As we come at you uh, live, join us. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, let us know what your thoughts are. We'd love to give you a shout out, and we'll be back shortly after the break with Stump the Priest. Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota, invites you to register for a men's or women's Ignatian Silent Retreat in 2017. Every retreat is led by an experienced retreat director who will offer a series of points for prayer during the weekend. Daily opportunities for Mass, Confession, and Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament are available during the retreat. Broomtree-sponsored retreats are run by donation and all are welcome. For more information, call 605-263-1040 or visit broom-tree.org. Your family is depending on you. Your family is looking to you to make sure they are safe. 
protected and taken care of. Knights of Columbus Insurance offers the protection they need, whether it's term life or whole life, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, annuities, retirement planning, estate planning, or an insurance analysis. Please call Jason Lures at 605-270-3463 or Heath Dickelman at 605-351-7978. Knights of Columbus Insurance. In recent weeks, we've been looking at the elements of Catholic social teaching, those principles that have for centuries guided the church's moral theology and its teaching and preaching on issues affecting the choices that we make, both as individuals and as societies. One of the most important of those principles is what has been called a preferential option for the poor. Although that wording is fairly recent, it's clear even in the writings of the Old Testament prophets that people of faith have a particular obligation to look after the needs of the poor. It's been said that the moral test of a society is how it treats its most vulnerable members. The sacred constitution Gaudium et Spes, or the Church in the Modern World, from the Second Vatican Council, put it this way. Faced with a world where so many people are suffering from want, the Council asks individuals and governments to remember the saying of the Fathers, Feed the people dying of hunger, because if you do not feed them, you are killing them. And it urges them, according to their ability, to share and dispose of their goods to help others, above all by giving them aid which will enable them to help and develop themselves. The Church's social teaching reminds us that providing for the needs of the poor and vulnerable is not a nice but optional thing to do with our surplus, but is a positive obligation for every person of faith. It's the actualization of the words of Jesus when he said, As often as you do this for the least of my brothers, you did it for me. I'm Paulist Father Larry Rice. Tune in Thursday mornings on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network from 7.30 to 8 a.m. for the Vera Morning Drive Health Minute. A team member from Avera will discuss general health topics that will keep you informed on the latest in the healthcare industry. The topics are timely and will change weekly. Pregnant? One word, many emotions. At Catholic Family Services, our experienced licensed therapists are here to help those experiencing an unplanned pregnancy in a safe, confidential setting at no charge. Our pregnancy counselors understand that every situation is unique and provide options counseling, including information regarding parenting or placing a child for adoption. Whatever you decide, we are committed to helping and supporting you throughout the entire pregnancy. Call 1-800-700-7867 Catholic Family Services offering a gift of hope with offices in Aberdeen, Brookings, Gettysburg, Pier, Mitchell, Yankton, and Sioux Falls. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network. Let's go back now live to the studios with the Rutten Brothers. Good. Well, we're not. Good he missed the mark. Yeah, that I was. Know. I'm slipping. Yeah, it's yeah. we're we're in the you know the back half of this thing here this morning. You know, it's uh, it's been a great morning. Lots of great conversations, stories, faith, frivolity. Uh, you know, I always wonder if what people think just get to the point. Oh, all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure that especially our family, our Feel in-laws, our in-laws. Just get to the point. I heard someone describe a, a preacher as a person who has a really profound impact, and the words are so well chosen. And I thought, 
Oh, I'll bet the people would love if I figured that out. <laughs> I think my homilies have a pretty profound impact, but there is a lot of words. <laughs> we could just cut them out. Yep. So. Well, well, well. So we're kind of coming to the back end of things here, and I thought, you know what? Um, I was on your, your thinking about that uh, the the God, the ultimate rock star, and the T-shirt, and we got to do our oh, yeah. T-shirt and all that fun stuff. And so you know what? <laughs> So what the rock, right? So in the church the rock is Peter. Yep. And there's been a few successors to Peter. Oh, no. Um so you know we could go that route. How many what number is the current I always pope? Get it confused with presidents of the United States. Um and there's been a few. Uh, so or we could go this route. Do you know the answer? That's the first question. Uh, Remember the last time you asked us a question you didn't know the answer? What is the name of the f- Pope who ushered us into the modern world with the first modern social encyclical? Go ahead. Leo the 13th. Ding, 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 ding. Father John has come up with the correct answer. Did you know answer. it? Oh, Paul, of course. Leo the 13th. I mean, Paul's the smart one. Do you know bunch. what <laughs> the name of the encyclical is? Rerum Navarum. Rerum Navarum. Yeah. And do you know what Rerum Navarum means? The, I don't. the trifecta has been failed. Two of three. On new things. Mm. And what he was addressing was the new social ills of the world mm. that the Industrial Revolution brought into. I didn't know that either. So it's kind of fun because a lot of times the people, oftentimes the secular world and even Catholics criticize the church for being behind the times and they need to, you know, women's issues and, you know, they're anti this and that. Uh, if anybody reads Rerum Navarum, it was written in the late 1800s. Pope Leo Thirteenth was basically game on for all the modern social problems, yeah. child labor laws and all these work wage issues. And Leo Thirteenth kind of had things dialed in. It's just people either don't like to give them credit or they don't read uh, past their secular audiences. So anyway, on new things, Rear Navarum, in his window, he was so it's so important and prominent that he gets one of the eight primary figures in the stained glass windows of the mother church of the diocese here in Sioux Falls. Who is the individual, the rock, that is below Leo Thirteenth in the stained glass windows at the cathedral? Another rock. Pius the fifth? Twelfth. Pius the twelfth. Pius Pius the twelfth. And what was Pius the twelfth most known for? With a microphone in the stained glass window. This is the amazing thing about, this is what I love about what's in front of us with the church. We got to build a community in Harrisburg first, but someday there's a church. Is when you look at that cathedral, there is so much there. If you, the stained glass window of Pius the twelfth has a microphone in front of him. It speaks. Yep. And so you matic it dates, it puts the technology, like there's all kinds of things yeah. there that talk to you, Because right? the gospel is relevant to the time in which it's, it's, yeah. it's proposed yeah. at the time in which it's there. So here's a way in which the gospel all of a sudden for the first time. I also believe our cathedral is probably the only cathedral in the world that has a man with a gun yep. and his dog <laughs> yeah. hunting pheasants. Absolutely, absolutely. It's not only there once, but we also have Bishop Carlson's dogs 
chasing pheasants in the hill country yeah, in, in the, the Eucharistic Chapel, chapel mm. mural on the back, on the bottom right corner. Uh, so we got a multiple pheasants, which is appropriate, right? It's proposed in the context mm-hmm. of the people of the prairie, and mm-hmm. that's certainly what we got there. So wonderful. Nice work, Father John. Two for three. We'll call that a win. Check mark in August for Father John on Stump a Priest. Well, we've got a few minutes here to wrap up. And I'm wondering if you guys have any uh, final comments or thoughts, things that you'd like to share as we get to the back end. And then I'd kind of like to talk about a proposal for the movie for next month. Okay. Um, how about the shirt? Are we not doing Yeah. Um, oh, see, here's yes. the problem with the, the shirt. Is <laughs> none of us are the ones who can get it done. So... I think I think I can. Okay, then get it done. Okay. All right. I just Wonderful. don't want to I just don't want to impose. No. I really have something strong in me, but I don't want to <laughs> Okay. Okay, or we could just keep sitting here every month saying, "Well, next month we're going to have a t-shirt." <laughs> okay. And then we don't shirt. get a shirt. Okay. Because uh do we get approval or voting here's power? The thing. Here's or? the thing. I worked on a shirt once for my Go Ruck challenge and I uh, ironed the image on upside down. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I was so depressed. So then I had to do it all over again. And then I ironed on my table and I caused a stain. It was a disaster. But I got the, I got the mm. t-shirt made eventually. But I had it upside down. What was Jesus trying to tell you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> to hell with it all. <laughs> hey, there are children listening. Oh, well, hey, but it was a clever t-shirt. I was really proud so, of the t-shirt. So this, this is, you know, it's a risk. It's a risk to say I'll do the teacher. You guys. did, right. I, you did. Yeah, but no, I already so. said it, yeah. and I already lied once today, so I can't <laughs> lie again. Kendall, there you know, he is. Yeah, Kendall fancy. sent me a picture of, of a video of Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, uh, you can't have. I think. I think the vote's already been done. You guys All have right. seen what I want, right? All right. <laughs> so here's how this okay works. With some here's how this works. Here's how this works. I'm okay with whoever is going to make it happen. Do it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Now, would I like input or veto power? Sure, but okay. I just you prefer can have, to have veto it. power. If you don't like it, if you don't think we should do this, you can veto it. But once the shirt's it's done, vetoed, then all together, because you're doing it. No, no. Right. I mean, we'll keep it alive, right, and somehow God will answer so our John's desire. So John's doing it. We get input. But I really feel like from the beginning, I had an idea. Yeah. Oh, no, right. that, yeah, absolutely. Good. It's all you, buddy. But I want. But yeah. All great. right. All right. Well, okay. we're here at eight fifty. Um, it's been a great morning. We will be on moving forward as we take a look at the coming months. Typically, we're on the first Wednesday of the month. We're out there listening. There might be a, a shift a little bit here or there if necessary based upon priests or even my schedule. But first Wednesday of the month, we'd love to have you join us here on Rutten Radio. And as we kind of wrap up, we come to the back end of this thing. Um, you know, we want to talk about the movie series, and we kind of established this. Let's watch a movie. Yeah. And I, di- you know, I think the human experience is really uh, powerful, and I'd be interested in, uh, you know, maybe chatting about that next week. Sure. I think it plays into the what I've encountered with uh, your CL movement and your disarming beauty is this kind of different way of approaching things so anyway if you're out there listening you want to join us on this epic conversation next month on the human experience uh go out and watch or purchase the human experience i don't know if it's on netflix but you track it down you'll find it's on youtube i bet the whole thing it's fantastic journey uh that you're going to enjoy so 
with that, I just got a little note here from uh, Father Paul that, uh, you know, this is, yeah, it's important. There's a lot of people that might be interested, at least from, from our family, that the legendary football coach, Era Parsegian, has died at the age of 94. Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame know. football matters in our family. It's important. Era was a legend that he was. And uh, so they mourn the loss of Era Parsegian. Rest in peace. With that, Father Paul, John. maybe uh, Father John, maybe we want to wrap up with a final prayer here as we come to the close of the hour. And uh, we got we a few minutes. We got a lot of time. We got time. So, right? <laughs> we got, like, what are we doing? We're like ending. We got a lot of time. We have almost nine. Right? No. Don't go anywhere. Stay. Keep, yeah, don't, keep yeah, it yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep We're coming at okay. you live. I don't, he, I don't know what this guy Five minutes. Yeah, you really, you're kind of off your I game. Know. You were, you no, were like I'm all, on. I'm no, right. you were like all in the beginning and you're just fizzled too out early. I'm proposal thing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't figure out how it works. <laughs> so, uh, this, oh, so I'll give a little teaser for the human experience. Oh, dude. Epic. Before I met the movement, so I, I would say you're on to something. Yeah. Okay. The movement of communion liberation isn't like something unique. He just has found this proposal of Christianity, and he's trying to help us live it. And these people that are doing it have, call, have kind of come together like this. But anyone who lives faithful to reality is going to discover the same things. The human experience I saw when I was in Connecticut at oh, the seminary, oh yeah, saw. I saw the opening show. Right. Yeah. The first time it's ever been viewed. The, all the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal from New York uh, that amazing parish out there that serves the poor. They're all there. All these actors are there. It's this big, huge deal. I'm floored by it. Okay. I come back to, I end up in St. Paul at seminary then. Yep. And somehow a conversation comes up about the human experience. And I don't know. I just thought we got to bring this. Because you bring at the time oh, you would yep. bring it. The actors would come. It was how they raise money. They yep. couldn't afford to get it on the big screen. It was the easiest thing I've ever done. It was so easy. The the rector, the vice rector was like, sure, and we'll help pay for it, and like all this stuff. The University of St. Thomas is the ones that hosted it. Uh, it, like, amazing. We bring it in. The place is packed. People are hanging out of the rafters. Fortunately, the the fire marshal knew us, and he pulls me aside, and he's like, this is a problem. Oh, no. And he sort of just said, this is a problem, <laughs> and walked away. I mean, it was incredible, the people who showed up to this. Uh, after it was over, it was like electric. Something happened there. People watched this video, and they came alive. Yeah. And they just like moved in a way. They dialogued with each other. They wanted to talk in a way. Afterwards, people were sifting all around. Uh, I come to uh, communion and liberation maybe like a year, two and a years later, and I'm in one of the school of community meetings or I'm somewhere, and this Jim Stockman is talking about this trip he and his wife took to Peru and how formative this was in their life and what happened to them because of this. And as they're talking about it, I'm like, oh, that reminds me of the segment, segment in the human experience about that orphanage. And he says, well, 
the reason we went is because we were at the University of St. Thomas and we went to this showing of the human experience and we saw the segment and it moved us. Oh my gosh. In this way. Dude, it's a, uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Yeah, I wanted to go search. After I watched it, I was like, I want to drive to New York City and find St. Francis House where this kid lives and I want to find him. Like, yes. I mean, it, yeah. that's, it, it strikes you in a way and it's, the, what I liked about it was it fit what I believe to be a better approach to evangelization than the standardized idea that we lead with Christ in a way that's like doctrinal or that, hey, it, 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 it worked different. So in it, in it, you don't know the kids are Catholic, right? But I think at the heart of it is their Catholic faith, <laughs> right? But it wasn't until I saw them in one of the scenes I saw a scapular, Right? And I was like, scapular? Only Catholics wear scapulars. <laughs> that kid's Catholic. Like, yeah. this this is coming out of an encounter. Sure. And I thought, well, boy, what's the... And then after I found your stuff, Communion and Liberation, I thought, well, that kind of seems like how... And I just put it together. I thought, well, let's do the human experience. I've been sure. showing this for years and mm. years and years to kids at school, to to my teachers, to all these people. I've been showing this thing. But I've never brought him in. I've never done this epic event like you had. But people walk away from him and they're like, wow, thanks for not showing us a stupid video that we didn't like, that has somebody talking to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just was good. You, you know, we had it at SDSU as well. Uh, and we, there was, so there was question and answer session. And, oh, really? And this was the classic, I think this is the classic tip response. They said, this was great what will your next video be? <laughs> and so they, were, they, they loved it. It made them feel good. But they didn't want to actually... And the guy said, the, the point of this video wasn't to make another one. <laughs> <laughs> the point of the video was that you would do something, whatever it is, that you would live out whatever is happening. And what they wanted was another video of four more places so they could feel good about all of it, mm -hmm. and they could continue to live the life the way they were living. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it was it was amazing, and he was like, "Oh, we're not making anymore." Yeah. That wasn't the point of the movie. Yeah, um, and I think this is the danger that we live in a church in a time that we don't want to actually be called into the to, to it. We want to sit back, have our popcorn, critique it, be inspired by it, be able to say we saw a good movie, <laughs> and not change our life. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Larang told me one time that people judge themselves by their intentions and everybody else judges, judges them by their actions. Yeah. And so we feel good if we intend to do something, but it doesn't. So that's exactly yeah. <laughs> It's like, all right, we got to wrap up. It's been a great, great uh, uh, morning. Next next week, watch The Human Experience. Join us here. Next We're gonna month. We're going to close next right. month. Next month. Uh, oh, yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and we're not coming back And the back fisherman of the family, uh, Chris Kendall, wants that prayer for the big the big mother fish she, he, he, coming up this weekend. So, Lord Jesus, we ask that you help Chris Kendall be a catcher of fish, big fish, lots of fish, the perfect slot fish, and bring home the money. Bring home those plaques. Bring home whatever it is that... <laughs> and in the middle of it all, keep them safe most importantly. Amen. Father John, it's all you. We're back on September up. 6th, 7 to 9 a.m. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father, Father we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another. 
quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. You've been listening to Rutten Radio Live on Lamb Catholic Radio Network. Be sure to tune in again next month for more Rutten Radio.